This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. We know if we put our focus on feeling good and make it a priority, our life is going to change for the better. But still, we usually don't do it. To add to this frustrating paradox, we often find that when we feel good, not only do we get better things in our life, but we also tend to do better things for other people. Generally speaking, we become the best version of ourselves when we feel good, and better things happen for everyone involved. But nonetheless, we still don't usually focus on feeling good, and it hurts. It's something that seems so simple, yet we manage to screw it up again and again. However, we're going to learn how to screw it up less with Tim. Valeria interviews Tim Grimes. He is the author of The Law of Attraction Simplified, The Joy of Not Thinking, Relax More, Try Less. Relax into abundance with spiritual counselor Tim Grimes. Tim is the best-selling stress management author of books like The Joy of Not Thinking, Relax More, Try Less, and The Law of Attraction Simplified. He is also the acclaimed editor of Classic Law of Attraction Teachings by Emil Koo and Naville Goddard and host of the podcast Law of Attraction Explored. Meet Tim at RadicalCounselor.com. Here's the interview with Tim Grimes. In your own words, who is Tim Grimes? Who I am uh, is somebody who is uh, curious and open and uh, relaxed, I would say, about the present moment. And that's what I like to share with people. And who I who I am is something that I cannot label more moreover than what I am. So that interests me even more, what I, what I can't label about myself. How did you come to realize that you were something that could not be labeled? Well, for me, I think it was, uh, there were probably little hints of it, but I described, for me, it was kind of dramatic. I described the event in, um, you know, my guide, The Joy of Not Thinking, which we discussed last last time I was on, um, for me, it was kind of a, um, traumatic event on a beach, um, that led to a very, you know, you could say, you know, earth shattering moment where I realized that everything I thought I was, was not real, but was actually a mirage and, um, kind of left me thunderstruck and (laughs) that effect never lasted me. So, never left me, um, I, sh- I should say. So, yeah, that that's kind of how I've lived my life ever since, is not knowing how to describe myself because I don't really believe I exist. Actually, I know we can realize through experiences, which is the best way, direct experiences. You probably have heard about the teachings of Advaita Vedanta. Yes. Which yes. is basically, that is the same thing, non-dual awareness. And knowing that we are that. (laughs) I think I have probably said that before. It fascinates me that we can even talk about these things because language doesn't really get it. (laughs) So, But we are able to communicate the message, some of us, clearly. With Advaita, of course, your work and so many other people that I talk. It's incredible. But more than words, I can sense the transmission of that through its... I cannot even explain how it can be transmitted too, but it can be felt. It's almost like this energetic resonance. Yeah, 
Exactly. I remember talking about this last time and I totally, I feel you, I hear you about it, hear you, feel you, whatever you want to say. I mean, that's, what's amazing is how it can't seemingly be described yet. We're able seemingly to explain it to each other in this way that is not using language in its typical fashion, but we're still able to communicate whether you could say energetically or I don't know, uh, psychically, I guess you could use that term too. Like, but it's something that is, that is conveyed and it's conveyed in a, a very real way. Um, that's way beyond intellect. And it's, that's something that I think a lot of people just don't, who are even who are into spirituality, I would say they, they still have a hard time gra- grappling with that because it's, I guess it can make you uncomfortable for a while until like you just realize that that's actually a good thing. And it's actually good. That's like what's helping you. I think more than anything is that thing we can't put into words, but is there. I mean, that's really like, you know, that's, that's our refuge. I I think, you know, Oh my God. Yes. A trillion times to that. And you know, it's funny. You have written this book, the last book, it's the law of attraction simplified. You sent me a copy and I have been reading it and you talk about feeling good or feelings And I just realized recently that the transmission that we are talking about that can be felt somehow, it really can. And I don't know if this happens to you, but with me, when I am in the presence of somebody who is somehow has realized this truth of being no thing and everything at the same time, my body feels almost like so relaxed and open that it's not hot. It's almost like in the, on the cold side. Yes. It's amazing. And I'm realizing that more and more and more with you now too. Because sometimes I, the body gets nervous because the conditioned mind and the self that's still there dancing here somewhere, it comes to surface when I am in the presence of somebody who is kind of mirroring them in a way. And then the body responds to it becoming very hot, anxious. Does it happen to you? I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's a, another really fascinating thing or subject that could be brought up in re- revolving around this, where it's like, this is something people really don't get in general, except people who are into like the non-dual Zen scene, where it's almost like, it's not like, yeah, it's not, you know, you say it's cold, not hot. The way mm. I say it, it's like, it's like neutral. Mm. It's like, you don't, you don't yeah. care. It's like, you know, there's a term I like that a teacher Uh, uses, Jan Frazier, who, uh, you know, she, she likes to use the term high indifference. It's like, you're, you're almost indifferent in a good, in like a loving way. It's like, you're, you're joyously open, but it's not like, it's like a neutral open where it's like, I'm okay with whatever happens. And it's like, not, it's not overwhelming. It's very comforting because it's just like, almost removed or cold or something like that, you know, the opposite of how people think about ecstasy or bliss a lot of the time, at least, at least with like the law of attraction I found, you know, cause I work with a lot of people who are into that obviously. And they're thinking that their desire is going to fill them up with warmth. And like a lot of the times I'm saying, no, what you, what you want, what feels good also and one could say almost feels deeper. It's like almost this coolness, like this just a, this like divine acceptance of 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 what's happening, you know. And that's like that's a way to manifest what you want quite literally, because when you experience that, it's so present that what you want becomes present right now. And it's really you realize what you really want is just to be free in this moment. And that's that's like a yeah, it's. It's very hard to describe, but but at the same time, at the same time, it just makes sense in, in that it's this sense of peace that kind of permeates everything. And it's just it's what's weird, what takes people off guard is it's happening right now. It's not like in this ex- imagined future, but happening literally right now. And it's it's nice. Uh, it's very nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, I love how clear you are, too. Yes. So I must not have any questions anymore or anything to say. <laughs> That's always the point, right? To get to that point where there's no no questions or nothing. Right. It's so, so true. 
that's why I love conversations like these because we get to the point where nothing happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's just this, which is so beautiful and cool. <laughs> yeah, let's Ex- say it that way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if we, if we're using words, if to, to touch more on the subject, it's like so often I work with people who want, like they're, they're looking to get a particular thing and that's fine. But what I think we're touching upon now is that it doesn't, it's fine to get that thing. It's good to get that thing, but there's something right now that makes it okay. Whether you get that thing or don't get that thing, either way is okay. You know? And that's like, that's the real power or the real, you know, there's so much calmness there, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's Uh nice. And then when you speak about desires and, you know, in spiritual teachings, we hear that a lot, that dropping the desires, because there's no one there to desire anything anyway. So, but when it comes to desires, who is desiring? Is that the conditioned mind and body, Tim? Great question. I think so. Having gotten into the law of attraction more and more, um, I've become more and more comfortable with desire. And I think it's actually so I don't look at it as as a negative thing. I used to look at it much more from the Buddhist tradition of kind of like you have to practice non-attachment. I now think that as long as we're alive, yeah, our conditioned form, our body desires things. That's just that's just obvious. Right. I mean, it's like you have to drink water, you have to eat, you have to sleep. These are desires. Right. And so being ascetic about something or everything is just that's fine if you want to do that, but even that is a desire. So I would say that being honest with what you really want in this form, in being aligned with what you really want, as opposed to denying that or thinking that it's wrong, is very, very powerful. And that's kind of that's kind of like where we can really utilize law of attraction principles in a practical way. Um, that doesn't make us uncomfortable, but I'm all for people embracing their desires because your desire is guiding you to what you want, what you really want, not just externally, but inwardly. So, you know, to desire, if we want inner peace, which is what we're talking about right now and how you have it already, even that is a desire, but when you actually experience it, there's no It's not about desire or getting or anything. You're just here right now. But, uh, you know, any type of logical discussion, if we're using words, desire is going to be there. So we should be comfortable using it. I mean, we can be uncomfortable, but we're probably not going to feel as good if we are uncomfortable about what we desire. That's true. And that's the practice of being open, right? It sounds like a practice being open. Definitely. Right, Definitely. this moment. And then when you speak of the yeah, desires, what comes to me is that the mind and the body, they are conditioned. So they do need conditions to exist in a way. Exactly. To be what they are, right? Like the body, as you said, it needs food, water. So that's the conditionings that need conditions to be. How interesting when we think about the mind and the body. A question that often comes to me is, how did this come to be? (laughs) I think I probably asked you this before. You know, some of the spiritual teachings, they talk about karma and how our desires and our passions and the things that we attach to, we keep coming after them. It's really the identification with uh, material things in this plane. And then is that something that you... um, it resonates with you too, Tim. Well, what what resonates with me is that it's all. I'm. Tr- I can't think of the exact quote or even paraphrase it, but Nisargadatta Maharaj, um, you know, who's most famous for "I am that." And in my opinion, that book really should have been called "I am not that." Mm. Not, <laughs> yeah. Not, um, <laughs> yeah. But he, I really like how he mm. explains it in some. Robert Powell, I believe, is the editor of some of his other um, talks, and. Like, uh, what is it? There's one, The Ultimate Medicine, I think is one of those books that he edited of Nisargadatta Maharaj's talks. He really speaks about this in a way that resonates with me, where this body, this conditioned body, it it came out of it, randomly. Mm. <laughs> it's random. Right. It's not – I don't believe in karma or any of that other stuff, except karma is on the physical plane. But there's something – 
that we're touching upon that's not on the physical plane, that's non-changing. But as soon as you get in the physical plane, as soon as there's desire, it's all karmic, right? But what's before that is God, self with a capital S, whatever you want to call it, it's unconditioned. So the, you can't make a link. My point is you can't make a link. I think people try to make links and make all these stories up all the time. As far as I'm concerned, they're, they're just stories. Um, and that's why, like, I, you know, in this regard to Maharaj, I am not that. You know, what she says in some other lectures, interestingly, you know, it's not I am that. It's I am not that as far as I'm concerned. And the not that is – so what is that? What is not that? Um, it kind of – what it does is it – instead of linking everything up, it breaks the chain and frees you where you don't have to say, oh, this is because of my karma. This is because of this happened to me when I was young or this is because of my predis- predisposition to get sad or angry. Break that link. You're already free. What are your ideas of success and happiness these days, Tim? Same as always. No, 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 no big, no big deal. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, I mean, there's this practical desire, right? Where it's like, you want to, whatever your desires in life might be on a practical level, where it's like, you know, you might want to have a happy family or you might want to have career success or success in relationships or whatever, very mundane stuff. But then the deeper thing, which people are usually looking for, it's, you break the chain and you realize that it's not real. And and so like what we're talking about, like the idea of happiness is right now. And it's, that's literally the case. And we just forget that all the time, you know? And, it, but again, that does not mean that we have to settle for less than what we desire in our mundane, quote unquote, mundane life. You know, if we want to have a happy family life and, you know, live in a nice place or whatever it may be. It's like it's normal to have desires for those things, but um, it just gets muddled so easily. Um, people get so confused and they lose focus on what they want on this practical level, and then they confuse it with being spiritual, and they forget that what's truly spiritual is always accessible to us. You know, salvation is always right here, and that's um. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, the, the law of attraction simplified. I, I talk a lot about common sense in that book, and it seems like kind of an odd thing to mention in light of like kind of this far out conversation we're mm-hmm. having. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is really this element of like common sense. It's like that's why I say feel good, not bad. I mean, it doesn't get much more common sense than that. But it's much harder to feel good, not bad than we usually expect. You know, we, we were saying before we went live, you know, it's simple to hear this stuff seems like simple instructions, you know, like, but it's not as easy to actually do it, you know? And so the practice is doing it, you know, and it's not like you're gonna, you know, burn up and go to hell if you don't practice it. But it's like in this life, literally, for yourself, psychologically, it might feel that way sometimes. And the less, the le- the more you do practice it, the less likely that's going to happen, and the more okay and good you're going to feel about your day to day existence. You know, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me. I have to go back to the common sense and making sense because yeah, we're using the intellect to rationalize these things. So it really makes a lot of sense. I love when you say that in your book. Yeah, the feeling good component. And yes. working on that. It's not easy, right? So your book, again, is The Law of Attraction Simplified, The Practical Secret to Manifesting a Better Life. Correct. And talk to me for a moment before that, actually. I, I love listening to this from my guests. What was the main inspiration and intention to write this book, Tim? Yeah, that great question. Um, for this book, um, I remember you asking me this about the joy of not thinking, and it, it, it's a very different answer than the joy of not thinking. Um, the joy of not thinking is like really my bread and butter in terms of what we've been dis- discussing for like you know the last 10, 15 minutes. The Law of Attraction Simplified is, you know, I've edited and written commentary on a lot of Law of Attraction teachings because I find um, the advice to be highly practical and relevant, yet something that a lot of people don't understand well. Like, you know, the Law of Attraction is very commercialized, Right. And there's this deep spiritual angle and depth there as well that I just feel like most people don't hear about. 
And working with people over a number of years on some of these concepts made me realize that, um, you know, I had something I really wanted to share in book form about how to better utilize these principles in a more practical way um, that also at the same time felt spiritual, you know, and didn't feel superficial that what it wasn't just about making money quickly or, you know, you know, manifesting a you know, a brand new car or whatever the stereotype might be. Like it, there's, there's so much depth to these teachings and so many great teachers that most people who are into the law of attraction have probably never heard of, or have just heard about in a very, you know, superficial way. So that's what that book is about. And, um, I got so into it that, you know, I made, I made it, I've done a podcast afterwards, which is basically an extension of the book, um, just because there's so much to unpack there, and it's so fun to look at these different practical ideas. Because what's cool is a lot of the law of attraction information. It's like you you test it out and then you see if it works for you or not. Because you see results in your life or you don't see results, and it's mm. it's in, it's interesting, you know. So yeah, right. Yeah. Working with the non-visible and the visible, kind of trying to match those realities. The yes, inner world yes. and the outer world. For me, has been something more like the more I realize who I am in a sense of non-form, no thing, a sense of inner peace, a sense of calm kind of sets in and love, really. That's what it is, unconditional love. And then the desires, they come from that space and then I look to do more things like what I'm already doing, this podcast, writing books, hosting workshops about around healing and love. And that has been interesting to see. So the more I, I realize that unconditional love within me or here, now, everywhere, then it's um, easier. Almost it does, almost naturally arises the desire to manifest that reality the invisible reality and the um, visible reality, the physical one. I love how you shared that, Valeria, because that's definitely how, that's pretty much how I go about it in my own life and how I, you know, talk to a lot of uh, clients and people about how to apply it. And especially if you're, this sounds kind of silly, but like a spiritually, if you have a spiritual background and something that's, you know, more Eastern or holistic, then than like just law of attraction principles, you can really go at it from a place of no self or self, you know, deep self love, like, like the stuff we were talking about earlier. And you, if you then explore these law of attraction principles and really ponder them, you naturally start kind of manifesting from that place of of, of deep love or of, of no self or something like that. So in other words, there's no discrepancy between these things. So when you get into that place of peace, deep peace, there's an inherent abundance connected with that naturally, which I always knew about, but I never connected with the law of attraction until I really got into the law of attraction. And then I was like, wait a minute, like you say, there's basically a way to manifest from that place. You know, once you are there, it then becomes far easier to bring out that abundance in your external plane, in the external plane as well. You like, it's not, it's not a big leap between the two. Um, and it doesn't mean it's easy to, to, you know, externally manifest from that place. The, the key thing, in my opinion, is, is getting to that place, right, and being in that place regularly because it feels good and it feels right, especially for people who are, you know, deeply spiritual. But my point is you can also, from that place, as you said, you know, focus more on what you truly desire and see it manifest, which is very uh, holistically gratifying, I would mm -hmm. say. Yeah. So talk to me also about the, I know you mentioned earlier briefly about the podcast. So you host a podcast called Law of Attraction Explored. Do you share the same principles that you share in the book or do you bring other topics to that, to the podcast? Yeah, great question. So the book, you know, for, for your listeners, I would say the book is probably the best place to start if you're interested in just finding out about the law of attraction and kind of my 
take on it in like a concise form because it's, you know, it's a book I spent a lot of time on and edited it a lot. So it's very straightforward. If you've read that and you're already familiar with the law of attraction, the podcast is a great place to go to. If you just kind of want to meditate on these ideas and hear me, um, explore them. And sometimes we explore them, um, in a conversational way where I'm just talking to you. But a lot of the time, a lot of the episodes are very meditational where I'm almost leading the listener through a short meditation on a law of attraction principle. And I always go back to this idea of nowness of, of the present moment being abundant. And so the, you know, each episode is usually only about 10 minutes long. They're usually between eight and 15 minutes, you know, max. So they're short meditations a lot of the time. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm now telling people, um, you know, if you want a course on the law of attraction, my podcast is a course on the law of attraction because I've been very surprised, um, to be honest with you, not in a, not a good surprise that, you know, that, that seemingly not many people are discussing some of the older teachers, um, as much as they could. It's been very surprising that someone like myself, who's much more of like a non-dual Zen spiritual person is, is the one <laughs> bringing these teachers to, to a lot of people, because I, I just would think that other people would be interested and I know they are, but it seems like, um, a lot of these teachings are being neglected. And so the podcast is a chance to really get exposed to, to answer your question, not just law of attraction teachers, but also I do manage to bring in a lot of mystical um, teachers and, you know, a lot of modern self-development teachers that people might not have ever heard of and then connect some of their stuff with the law of attraction. Um, so it's, it's, it's a fun podcast and it's easy to listen to because each episode is short. So I love the, like I said earlier, the idea of feeling good. In the book, you talk about the law of attraction techniques that are known, visualization, affirmation, uh, vision boarding, acting as if, scripting, mental dieting. I never heard about this one, journaling, um, letting go. But then the feeling good component, we just miss it. Is that because it's too simple, but not easy, as you said before? Definitely. I think so. I really do think it's that. It's it's that. It's so easy. And a prime example of this is um, like if you go on YouTube or something, like there's a lot more good, actually, law of attraction techniques talked about on YouTube now than there was like, say, four or five years ago. But it's amazing how much we have a tendency to focus on techniques over simply feeling good. Because the truth of the matter is all of these techniques really only work well if we feel good a lot of the time, at least, you know, and it's like, that's not to say you always have to feel good and it's totally normal to go through the gamut of emotions sometimes. And, you know, to just navigate that a lot of the law of attraction simplified, the book is just talking about navigating your emotions. So you can kind of move through feeling negative and sad and depressed back to feeling good and how to recognize there's nothing wrong with you for having to go through that process. But in the book, I call it, you know, I, I say it's like getting on a horse and just yeah. constantly getting knocked off. <laughs> yeah. And so it seems simple to feel good, not bad. But then when you get on a horse and you start riding it and you constantly get thrown off, it can be discouraging. And you realize it's not always as easy to feel good as you expect. And it's a lot easier to blame it on the technique not working or to search for another law of attraction technique and to say, oh, this didn't work. This teacher's not right. While in reality, it's usually not the technique that's not working. It's just that we don't feel comfortable with ourselves doing it. And we don't feel okay being ourselves and going through this process and doing our best to feel good and even keeled as we kind of let this play out, you know? So um, this is not what's discussed, unfortunately, a lot when it comes to the law of attraction. Um, and that's, again why um i wrote that book and you know have this podcast because it really enables us to to 
look at how we feel more openly and be okay with feeling momentarily uncomfortable and realizing there's nothing wrong with us. And that's the same for any spiritual practice too. You know, um, we feel like we have to be these perfect Buddhas on a hill or something or angels in the sky. And it's just not, it's not that easy, you know, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Um, and so embracing that more is, is, is just, that's the practice. As yeah. you said, it's, yeah. I mean, resonates so much because it has been a practice for me, a spiritual practice, of course, but also I have interviewed and talked to so many psychiatrists, people in the mental health um, area, and it always comes down to that, feeling our feelings. It's all about that when speaking yes. of healing and from that perspective. Yes, and the longer I that I you know, have been into this information, the more I value uh, therapy and counseling, you know, and the modality, the different modalities of therapy, you know, and, and, you know, psychiatry, it's very valuable for many, many people. So that really shouldn't be seen as something separate, in my opinion. Again, we can use, we can holistically apply all this stuff to our lives if we allow ourselves to, you know, we don't have to say, this is spirituality, this is psychiatry, this is the law of attraction. We don't have to, you know, have them in all these separate buckets. It's all the same thing at the end. And all, again, so much of it comes back to feeling good more often and being comfortable with your feelings more of the time. You said, you're right, most of the negative stuff, I think you're talking about anger and feelings. Most of the negative stuff we were taught is no more real than a far more positive relaxed reality you could have for yourself, one where you feel okay. So you, you said both are imagined. That caught my attention because um, it feels to me like all oh, this is being imagined anyway. <laughs> There's reality here. And you also tapped about imagination again. You said our imagination shapes the way we live no matter what. So yeah, I would love for you to make a comment or elaborate mm -hmm. more about this idea around imagination. I do feel, as I said, that nothing has been created really, has been imagined. We are imagining everything here and now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, you know, us with this kind of non-dual Zen background are very comfortable saying that before I knew before I knew anything about the law of attraction, I thought that anyway, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but then, if you if you yeah. get into the law of attraction, you realize that imagination is really the primary concept being discussed. It's not a, they don't always use that word. Um, a lot of the teachers I love, Neville Goddard, Emil Kuei, specifically those two guys, um, they use th that term imagination a lot, and they say your imagination always trumps your willpower. So in other words, you're, uh, whatever you're imagining, is <laughs> that's what's right. happening. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not how hard you're trying. Right. It's, it's more like what you're imagining. <laughs> but you know, in, in to, to, you know, to us, that makes a lot of sense. If you come from this spiritual background, we're all as one. It just, it just makes sense. But um, yeah, I mean, the truth of the matter, and this connects with my last book, The Joy of Not Thinking, is that we have a negativity bias where we – are so negative. Actually, it's my the new podcast episode that will be coming out, um, or will probably already be out when this episode of our interview is released. It, it's just talking about that that people assume they have to be negative, but there's been a there's been studies done that said ninety percent of the stuff that we're negative about never happens. And so, yeah. why wouldn't we be more That's positive <laughs> instead? Yeah. Especially if we know that our moods and our behavior directly affects what happens in our life. So it just doesn't make sense to have such a negative outlook. You know, it makes so much more sense, common sense, to be positive most of the time. It just, it's more rational, really, you know, which baffles people, but it truly is. And it's irrational to be negative most of the time. That's not to say you can never be negative, but we really should turn it on its head. You know, most of us, let's say, are negative at least 80% of the time and only positive 20% of the time. Well, you know, let's use the word imagine. Imagine if you change that, you know? I mean, everything is imagined. So let's start imagining more positively, more constructively for ourselves, for others, what, however you want to. And, you know, your life will get better because of that. I mean, it's just, again, it seems like common sense. 
And that's the law of attraction. <laughs> like, honestly, like that's the law, of, like a lot of the law, that's it. It's not about doing crazy visualization or affirmations. It's just like that. It's like, imagine more positively as opposed to negatively. You kind of brought the memory of uh, John Lennon. I thought about him. Now. Right. Yeah. 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 The song. Great song. Right. Great song. Imagine. Exactly. I guess I want to make a comment and perhaps ask a question too about this idea of imagining and, and feeling good and just being positive most of the time. Some of us cannot do that, not just because we don't want to, but because we have some healing work to do, <laughs> per se, a lot of traumas and so many things that um hidden at the subconscious yep. level in the body even as you know so that gets in the way and sometimes we don't know these things as you know also trauma changed the brain so we as much as we try i've been there i was depressed before and as i really tried so hard to be happy and positive but i would always go back to sadness right. Because it was not healed. I didn't have access to those um, healing tools, per se. Yes. I mean, so I think, again, this brings back this idea that we have to really use all of these different modalities and things like therapy, in, in, you know, complementary with law of attraction practices. And I, I, it's a great, great point you make where – Again, if you just follow kind of like the popular law of attraction stuff, they make it seem way too easy. And it doesn't address the tremendous amount of subconscious trauma and uh, fear and negativity that most of us have experienced throughout our lives in some way or the other. I mean, there's there's major trauma, but there's also micro traumas that virtually everybody has to process. And if you think that just visualizing your way or vision boarding your way or whatever to your goal is enough, it can be, but it's very rare. It's much more likely you're going to have to deal with this stuff holistically. Again, whether it whether that involves therapy um, or you know getting deep into a spiritual practice or whatever, I, you know, each person is different. I'm not saying you need to go to therapy per se, but like you should consider different options. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I can tell you the last couple of years I've gotten really into hypnotherapy and I don't know if I would have been open to that like 10 years ago. And for me, it's been, it's been hugely transformative, very positive. And it's most of that work that I've done with my hypnotherapist has just been processing and going through, um, you know, past trauma, you know, of some, you know, not necessarily, like I said, major trauma, but just stuff that we believe and that we learn growing up and that we never have totally shaken off, you know, and processing that. Um, and I think it's very uh, short-sighted to just say, you know, doing a law of attraction technique is going to magically solve everything for you because it, again, it can, um, but for, you know, the vast majority of people, it, it involves more than just that and more continual self-love and inner work. Um, you know, as, as I know, you know, and I, I think a lot of, I think a, a lot of people listening to this already know that, yeah. but it's, it's important to always emphasize it. So your book, actually the way you, um, communicate the message of the law of attraction, how to manifest includes that. When I hear you say, when I read about going through the feelings and processing them, and it's okay to be angry, it's okay. So that, to me, it's a therapeutic work. <laughs> so most of you becoming, that's the healer's work. So you are guiding people to do the healing work in order to manifest. So you're doing both two things at once. Yeah, I don't think I could describe the law of attraction with a straight face unless I did unless I did the, that as well. I mean, for me, you know, again, it's I'm a weird fit for the law of attraction because it the counselor side of me comes out much more and the side that wants to help people heal and heal myself comes out much more than any specific technique or anything like that. Um and I've been fortunate to you know, come across a lot of teachers with great techniques. And I love to share that stuff, but it's got to be a, an inward process of self-healing and processing what you've gone through and then releasing that. 
And that is not, that's not a technique. That's like, <laughs> that's you, you know what I yeah. mean? That's you doing you. Um, so that's, yeah, that's the deep stuff. That's what I love. You know, I mean, that, you know, that's what I love working with people on, whether I'm working one-on-one with them or, you know, just writing a book to help people. So I love that about your work. I mean, about you, that's who you are, really. It's coming from that space of knowing. It's truly beautiful. Thank you so much, Tim, for being here. Thank you, Valeria. I have way too many other comments here from your book, but there's one that caught my attention towards the end. You mentioned a passage in the Bible. I think it says, I have placed before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live. So that's interesting how you also mentioned that the law of attraction has been almost as a base for its teachings this passage in the Bible. I didn't know that before, so that caught my attention. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, you know, I'm a, a big fan of Neville Goddard and a lot of the, a lot of his work, and then a lot of just in general, like the New Thought Movement, which was a 19th and 20th century movement in, in the United States that was basically law of attraction, you know, a law of, the law of attraction before it was widely called the law of attraction a lot of those teachings really use a lot of Bible verse in it, whether that's accurate or not, I don't know, but it's fascinating interpretation of, you know, these verse, it makes you look at the Bible differently um, in a much more mystical light. So if you're, you know, if people are into like Eastern mystical traditions, if they get into some of these law of attraction teachers, they'll, I think, appreciate maybe the old Testament and the new Testament in a new way. Um, because they, there's some fascinating interpretations. And I mean, that line speaks for itself. Mm, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's very, very powerful. So, you know, that's why I put it in the book. It really resonated when I, I was just thinking. He stopped me for a moment. And I was thinking about, yeah, choose life. Yeah, choose to be happy, peaceful. And then that will be, <laughs> that will become. <laughs> uh, because, uh, yeah, there's no separation, as you said before. The inner world and the outer world. It's just everything's connected. One is reflecting the other. So you have the component of feeling good. I don't want to say everything, give all the, the details, all the teachings in the book. I, w- I, I wish we but, could. I mean, oh, I wish really? We could. <laughs> One thing I will say is that book <laughs> is not meant to be read just once. Right. It's not that kind of book. It's, uh, it's like um, there's a lot in there. So, and again, that's why I have the podcast to almost expand on. There's several points in that book that need to be heard again and again. And I'm speaking about myself as much as the reader or listener. It's like, these are things that we have to remind ourselves constantly. Like for instance, choose life, not death, you know, and again, be, be positive, not negative. Negativity is irrational and, and crazy. A lot of the time being positive is rational in a good way and sane, you know, stuff like that. We need to be reminded of that on a constant basis. So we could go over all the themes and um, we'd still have to go over all the themes again in, in a couple months because it's, it's that kind of information. I have heard before, I think it was one of the documentaries that I watched about pathological thinking. So that's what comes to me when I, the mind is dwelling on negativity. Like immediately I bring that to the surface, like to the awareness of my attention that this is pathological thinking. Anything that has to do with separation, with, um, in a sense of the energetic charge, of course. You know, we can have thoughts that are negative, but they don't have the, let's say, the energy behind it to support it, to become an action. So that's interesting to see how now I'm labeling the thoughts as pathological, which it is, uh, like you said, crazy and um, it's um, ill. It really feels like that. Yes. It does. We're, we're all ill. Yeah. <laughs> the mind. I know. I know. I know. The crazy mind. I know. It's it, That's really like, yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, this links, this is back to both of our bread and butter and, you know, also like my stuff and the joy of not thinking, but it's this idea of like, you know, widely accepted in the East, like of like, of like the mind just being like, behaving crazy like the monkey mind right and in the west it seems like traditionally people are like well we got to use our mind and it's Uh, there for and it's like well no a lot of times you don't have (laughs) to use it and ironically like i actually appreciate my rational mind more than i used to actually i discussed that in the book um but we're when we're calm 
and feel relaxed, we're much more capable of being rational and making good rational decisions it, instead of this pathological, overwhelming, you know, thinking that makes it so everything is not clear, you know? So yeah, it's like working to just kind of have that clarity, right? Like it's, is so important because I totally agree with you. It's just pathological yeah. sense of like, what the heck is like, this thinking is out of control, you know, like, so yeah, it you know, feels so, so don't, don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that more and more and more, but we can't really not think that's interesting. Exactly. It is the nature the of the mind, right? Too. Exactly. That's the paradox. But it's so just recognizing how pathological it is. Um, and then continually recognizing it, you know, that's one way to, uh, lessen the seriousness of it and to lessen the intensity of it bothering you when it right. comes up. Yes, um, yeah. It's the non-identification, isn't it, Tim? That's yeah, what I'm, yeah. I'm practicing now. That doesn't have to become an action because the mind's always suggesting something. Oh, do this, think this way. And then, then there's an almost suggesting an action from that place of thinking, of crazy thinking. Right, of fear, basically. Yes, like a fear, right. A fearful action. Yes, yeah. oh my God, yeah, that's it. I can always tell because what I follow is my guide is love and kindness. So when it, it's not in alignment with that, then that's when I know, oh, the mind is <laughs> activated and doing its thing. But it has been interesting to notice those movements. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I was just going to say this connects back with just the, feel, the feeling good and feeling bad. It's like when we, when we feel bad, we can almost be guaranteed that it's our mind that's over, overthinking, right, and, and doing this pathological craziness. And when we feel okay or feel good, it's like, oh, the mind can do what it wants right now. Things are, are, you know, things are flowing. Things are okay. And this is, again – this idea of why we want to feel good, not bad. Because if we feel good, it means the mind is, we're aligned with our mind. When we feel bad, it's usually our mind is on overload and, you know, freaking us out unnecessarily. Right. <laughs> it's operating in its own almost. It's interesting to kind of even contemplate this idea that the mind's separate from who we are, which is not. It, everything is, there's no distance really. Everything's happening at once now, here, now, which is amazing, isn't it? There's so much to uh, pay attention to, to listen to. and It's too much. It can become overwhelming. So that's why meditation has been a wonderful practice too. And I'm glad you mentioned that about the podcast and has become a meditation guide. Right. I mean, what's, what's difficult, or I, what I should say is like with this information, most law of attraction information, it's not that under, it's not that hard to understand the main principles. It's more like you have to take it in with your like viscerally, with your whole body and mind. If like it's very easy to get overwhelmed or to think about techniques when we're just using our head. And I would say never use your head when it comes to this stuff if you don't feel good. You know, if again, if you're in a calm space like which hopefully like my podcast affords you then like you can learn about the like subtleties of techniques and stuff like that but when you feel overwhelmed and i'm like oh i'm not manifesting something right or i'm doing it, it, that's all like you're you're saying it's just pathological lies it's it's so it's like always recognize that it, it, don't don't you're not doing anything wrong it's just your mind on overdrive and it will calm down again, and it will calm down faster if you're aware of it and let it kind of play out without freaking out about it. And, and um, yeah, just don't feel any pressure, I guess I would say, um, in terms of trying to apply the law of attraction, because that's the opposite of what these principles are meant to do. You know, this is supposed to, this works best when we feel good, when we feel present, you know, and when our mind feels crazy, it's the opposite of present. So yeah. it's enough just to recognize that and just kind of do our best to move through it, you know, and mm -hmm. not beat ourselves up about that. Thank you so much, Tim, again, <laughs> for everything you do, the way you do it. I love how deep you get. And when it comes to the nature of reality, the non-dual reality, but then I also love that dance between counselor healing, spiritual healing, and doing the work as a human being, being fully embodied in the experience of being human. So that's really beautiful. I love that, that dance. Thank you. 
Well, thank you again. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, as you know, there's no real difference between all that stuff. You know, it's just, uh, I think we're so, it's so simple to put up these walls and these dividers and say, you know, I'm doing this or I'm doing that or I'm this or I'm that. And the truth is, you know, we're just, we're here right now. That's, that's really the most powerful thing, isn't it? That's the love, you know, that's like, it's right, right now. Yeah. Before we say goodbye today, I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything else that you left unsaid or read a passage in your book, Tim? No, I don't. I mean, I, we covered so much good stuff. Uh, there's nothing, you know, all I would say is uh, if you have a question for me, I'm usually pretty good at responding to emails. Um, you know, you can contact me on my website, which is RadicalCounselor.com. Um, you can, you know, if you have a question for me or, you know, you, you're interested in, in coaching or counseling, you can contact me there. And, um, yeah, I think we covered a ton of stuff for a short uh, period uh, of time. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. So I'll have the link on your podcast profile. And my last question is what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> after all it's that, only, 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 yeah, no, it's only one experience. I mean, you know, I, my answers are very, very, very boring. I mean, it's like yeah. I, 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 what I would say is that uh-huh. if, if, for each one of us to recognize, if we recognize uh-huh. the moment or whatever we want to call it, you know, it's hard to put to words, but when you recognize, I mean, honestly, what I, if you, if you recognize God, which is uh-huh. the moment, Mm. that's it Mm. it's over Mm. and so that is just you know and then beyond that common sense i just want you know people to have a to feel healthy and sane you know to help others do the same thing you know the golden rule you know do do unto others what you do for yourself but the recognition of the moment Mm. of the self the capital s self of god that you know that solves everything because you realize there was never anything to solve and there was never anything wrong with you. Yeah, yeah, in the first place. Right? You're, that you're free. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much again for your presence in our shared reality, and um, which is one, right? It's you talking to yourself, me talking to myself. And what an amazing dream, I have to say. Thank you so much again, Tim. And we'll, Thank you. we'll talk soon. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Tim Grimes and his work, please visit RadicalCounselor.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.